I making mean, dinner while we do this, boys. So oh, fantastic! Uh, I apologize if there's any noise in the background. As long as there isn't a like, um, you know, you peeing in a pot again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready whenever you are. Okay. Uh, you fucking kidding me? Okay. Eat all my fucking food, Tommy. All my, my food. That's how he does it. <coughs> Roland, you good? Yeah, I wish I knew what was going on. Richie, you good? I'm good. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Last Man's Opinion on today's show. We will be discussing the Game of Thrones recap uh, for the series finale. Of... <laughs> wow. And, uh, uh, obviously, there are some haters in the room. Uh, I am your host, Tommy McGrail. With me today is Dan Mara, Roland Barrielli, and Rich Cakel. Uh Just uh, you can listen to us. Obviously, you're listening to us right now, but you can catch us on iTunes, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can catch us up on Twitter and Dan's cooking, so uh, <laughs> that's that's what that noise is. <laughs> uh, we'll have uh, f- four uh, beer reviews for you, and uh, but we want to get right into it. Are you done? Awesome. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Uh, Guys, uh, 19.3 million U.S. viewers on Sunday. Uh, the, How many the, Argentinian viewers? <laughs> that was only U.S. viewers, actually. Um, that was pretty crazy. Uh, according to HBO, Season 8 averaged 43 million viewers per episode in gross audience, um, which is about a 10 million uh, increase from the previous season. According to Yahoo Finance, damn, um, we're bringing in some stats. Everybody came prepared. Yeah, there you go. Um, can't can't mail it in two weeks in a row. Can't mail it in two weeks in a row, <laughs> even though this last is like ep- FedEx last episode got some uh, some some new uh, listeners. I guess I don't know. We had good numbers last week, uh, and good numbers no, means listen. means one more than. <laughs> Than previous weeks <laughs> double digits all right so guys uh last episode the series is now over um and we finally got the answers to uh what was going to happen um there were no answers tommy there weren't many answers <laughs> there were just more questions it it uh it it turned out that uh, our biggest fear from day one um, it came true and that the, the series finale was going to be a huge letdown. And uh, we're all in agreement on that. I mean, it was entertaining and it was, uh, you know, good production and blah, blah, blah. But um, the overall story just just wasn't uh, connecting the dots. And, and it was a shame because you had seven years of lead up of storyline that needed to be wrapped up and they just, uh, they, they didn't get to it. Um, and it was, uh, pretty disappointing. Uh, for those of you who do know, don't know, uh, John winds up killing Danny, 
which, I mean, everyone knew was going to happen, kind of. I think we all thought that was going to happen. Um, I guess you'll this, always be my queen. You'll always be my queen. <laughs> and then he stabs her. Uh, Drogon. Yeah. Drogon. Credits even finished. <clears throat> yeah. Dro- Drogon uh, melts the Iron Throne and then picks, so, picks uh, up Danny and flies away. And um, so, go ahead. A quick question on that. Well, uh, just a quick, quick question on that scene. Obviously, I have a lot of issues with the show in general, but uh, and only really uh, the production value. I thought I think is always really, really high with um, with the show. Mm-hmm. But when they when Drogon burnt the Iron Throne, yeah, and they were showing the molten lava, whatever it was, yeah. uh, I felt that looked really kind of cheesy. Did anybody else like see it like slowly rolling down the steps? And well, I don't know. I was like, "How? Oh, what am I in? Like 1985?" Like, I thought that was okay. Dated. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought that I mean, was okay. I mean, I, I know, I know, Dan, you're looking to nitpick on every single detail, <laughs> but uh, that that didn't really. Yeah, that was the only thing that we uh, don't <laughs> agree it? with you on. <laughs> did you notice that it formed a wheelchair ramp at the end? <laughs> I did notice that. Um, Drogon made a Westeros ADA compliant. Right. So, yeah, Drogon melts the Iron Throne. Uh, Tyrion is taken into, you know, says, I'm not the hand to Danny. And, uh, you know, John and him come up with this idea, you know, that John actually does have to end Danny. Uh, and then after he does it, um, the unsullied arrest John. And I guess Munson... Supposedly, it, I guess. We didn't even see yeah, that part. Yeah, we didn't see that part. And um, it's funny because when Danny dies, Drogon flies up and you think, all right, so Drogon's going to kill John. Like, obviously. You know, that's... Should I mean, have. And uh, he just melts the throne. And I guess even the dragon was just like, ugh. God, I, I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I'm, I'm melting this throne, and fuck all of you. I'm out, you know? And he melts the throne and flies away. John gets arrested and is in jail for months and months, I guess. Uh, we don't really know. Three, three weeks. Yeah, they said, they said oh. weeks. <laughs> three weeks. Oh, three weeks? Three weeks. I don't know. John's beard yep. uh, looked a little more than three weeks, but okay. <laughs> John did look a little scraggly sitting in prison there. <laughs> And I don't understand why he was sitting in prison for three weeks. Why wouldn't they just execute him? Did they really need to wait for everybody to come down to that terrible uh, scene in the uh, chambers or whatever that place was called? Yeah. The garden, whatever it is. Because Grey Worm is a terrible person. (laughs) He is a terrible person. I mean, um, yeah, there was just a lot of missteps and, and I don't know. There was just stuff that you just... Even last night, uh, like, I didn't nod off, but, like, you know, right before when you're watching something and you're like, oh, man, am I going to fall asleep right now? Like, I kind of got that feeling. And I I don't think I've ever gotten that feeling on a new episode of Game of Thrones in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I actually totally agree with you. I was watching the show. I watched it a little later than I normally do. But even still, it was probably the only time while I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, shit, I might fall asleep. Yeah. It was. I could tell from the beginning it was going to be one of the most slow-paced episodes <laughs> ever, <laughs> because they had so much to cover, and they spent fifteen minutes with Tyrion walking through the rubble to find Jaime yeah. and Cersei. 
And I was like, well, this is going to be a huge disappointment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, I totally agree. Right from that very first scene of him just walking through, I'm like, oh, my God, just find whatever the fuck it you're looking forever. for and move on. They could have done it in yeah. like two minutes. <laughs> and like, it's like little things. But like another thing that irked me, I guess, was, uh, you know, then you follow Jon Snow walking around and Jon Snow uh, happens upon Grey Worm and his soldiers about to execute some uh, Lannister soldiers. And, you know, they have a little discussion or whatever. And then obviously Jon Snow is heading up towards Daenerys. And when he gets there, like Grey Worm is already there. Yeah. And I'm like, how did that happen? I'm like, was the Great Wolf just executing people like five minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> How did he beat him? I mean, I know it's not like Maybe. a big deal, and normally I wouldn't even, you know, <laughs> a minor thing, obviously, especially compared to everything else. But it was just like another point where I'm like, this doesn't even make any sense. And what happened? Um, so, oh, maybe I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I was skipping around in my head because then I was going to say, um, John leaves the speech by Danny, who, you know, is congratulating the Unsullied and, and the Dothraki, who the Dothraki, I guess, replenished their numbers after <laughs> the Battle of, uh, of Winterfell. And uh, Same thing with the Unsullied, too. It looked like there were like 50,000 people there. Well, they were spread out a little bit, so I'll give them that. And I, I mean, I, I, I think I, I, in the in previous... Um, in previous uh, recordings that we've had, I, I said, you know, after the Battle of Winterfell, what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to march down to King's Landing with? Because after the battle, it felt like there was five people that lived through that battle. <laughs> and then... Yeah, it was like only ten people at, that, at, at Winterfell left, it felt yeah, like. Yeah, and then the numbers just kept growing. Now, I, I understand if, like, you know, West... Westeros people join the march down because I could see that you know that could be explained like oh they they you know are marching down through and yeah, and picking yeah. Soldiers up soldiers. Dorn join the Vale <laughs> yeah whatever but there weren't there weren't any more ships coming with Dothraki and and Unsullied I mean that was it so where did they come from yeah, I, and I hate to go ahead hate to break it to those guys too but uh, I don't do not think the unsullied will be repopulating the population of Westeros. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear Davos like they should get their own house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's going to last like 30 years. Uh, he was like he was like it's good land make it yours and they were just like yeah what am I going to do with that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So then Grey Worm at the uh, end is just like, all right, let's go to the beach. And everyone shipped off. So apparently, if you read the books and stuff like that, yeah. um, the land that they were going to, that. Uh, North or Nath or whatever but, it is? Yeah, Misandre is from there. Yeah. It's apparently yes. like very, very poisonous, like extremely poisonous. And if you're not from there, like you will die like very, very quickly. There are like yeah. huge poisonous butterflies, and the atmosphere is supposed to be like semi poisonous. Really? So yeah, it's going to be probably a death sentence for like ninety percent of them. <laughs> I don't remember her saying that in the um, in the show. So. Yeah, I think it's in yeah. the books. That's funny. So Tommy, was your? Or I'll start with Rich because I know Rich probably agrees more with me. Rich, what was your biggest uh, issue with last night's episode? Um, 
I would just kind of say about how tidy and like good natured the finale was for every single character. Like every single character ended on a high note, which felt like you know, it would have been fine for another show, but that's not GOT. That's not this show. You know, everybody doesn't get a happy ending here. Um, that's all oh, I know. Perfectly in the place like that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the show, Arya, you know, says she's sailing west because no one knows what's west and and that's where the map ends. So she's going to get on a boat and go discover the world. Sansa. What did Roland call her? Arya the Explorer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sansa becomes Queen of the North and, you know, they detach. Nobody challenged her on. I mean. Yeah. Which she just like no snuck sense. it in at the end. She was like, I'm going to vote for your king and tell you who can and can't be king, but then I'm peacing yeah. out. Brent like, becomes yeah. king. And it's like, why wouldn't anybody else there yeah. be like, Stay oh, wait a second. I don't want to be ruled by this jackass either. Yeah, like what kind of precedence does that set of her doing that? <laughs> I mean, like if any place, wouldn't you think, like I know she talked about how, how Winterfell in the North was independent for so long, but like wasn't Dorne the last holdout among all the kingdoms? Don't, don't they have like the best, you know, say of hey, hey, we should be independent too, guys. Yeah, but if you look on the map, um, kind of the north and the rest of Westeros have like um like a pinch point in the in the continent, I guess you could call it. That's kind of like a natural barrier, and it always made sense for the North not to. It, it's always been their, you know, claim that they're not really part of, you know, the Seven Kingdoms. And if you look at the map and stuff, it makes sense, like Dorne, you know, being in there or whatever. Uh, plus, yes, uh, plus, so plus, weird that, plus like... Dorne's, Dorne's, you know, family, the, you know, their royalty or whatever you call them is all dead, so they don't really have too much leadership. <laughs> I mean, I know they had representatives no. there and stuff, but... Yeah, I think that, that I thought guy? that was their relative, though. Yeah. I don't know. But, well, they didn't explain them at all. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Uh, I mean, they didn't explain a lot. But yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, why wouldn't anybody uh, be like, whoa, wait a second. Why is it okay for you to go independent, but we have to listen to you? And it's their fucking brother. So their brother... Is the new king of the Sandwich Kingdom? Yeah, but they're fo- and... voting for another guy. Once he once he dies, guy? once he dies. Oh, that was the other thing. I thought the thir- three-eyed raven like lives a really long time. Maybe he does. does he not? Maybe he does. <laughs> is he going to have the brand be king for like two hundred years? Maybe. I did like the kind of like half joke at the end about having a what is it. Lord of Whispers, or oh yeah, like they they talked about like breaking the wheel and it being a new kingdom and everything like that, and then Tyrion is hand again, so same thing, and then they have Sam as Grand Maester, which didn't really make sense. I guess they changed that rule that he can have kids and get married or whatever. Uh, Bronn is the uh, this is a neoliberal six kingdom, okay? Yeah, Bronn is the uh, master of coin. Sam is the only story I was okay with out of the entire thing. What's that? Sam was the only story I was okay with. His ending was fitting for me. <laughs> yeah, that that was fine because he was always on that path, and I'm, I'm glad that they didn't just 
jump something crazy into Sam's arc and then us be all mad about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam's arc was pretty good. Tyrion's arc, I mean, was has been terrible for seasons. But he, but he wound up him... where he was supposed to wind up. Yeah, but the guess, last but like two the seasons, he's been decaying as a character. No <laughs> one trusts him. And then everyone trusts him to pick the king of the Six Kingdoms. <laughs> it makes no sense. I totally agree with him. It makes no sense. And the, and he backed, he backed Daenerys, who literally torched up the whole city. And then they're like, oh, you know what? You were wrong in that one. But this brand guy, let's give him a and shot. And he's sure. in chains when he's saying this. Like, he's <laughs> under arrest for treason. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really makes no sense. Yeah. I like why would you listen to him? I don't get it. Yeah. That one kind of drove me crazy. Um and then even the Daenerys death I felt was just kind of I mean, obviously everybody knew it was coming. Uh they'd foreshadowed it heavily. And I mean, even the John thing, like I wish they wouldn't and, and what drove me crazy the last couple seasons, last season or two especially. Uh, just how much they've been hammering foreshadowing instead of just, you know, with oh, the crypts aren't safe, the crypts aren't safe. You know, they said that like 10 times in that in the, in the episode, you know. And then this one that, you know, everyone is telling John, you got to kill her, you got to kill her. She's not the right, you know, for two episodes, three episodes. And it's just like there was little suspense left. Like they talked about it so much that you knew what was going to happen yeah and they didn't even try to like twist it or go a different direction or psych you out or anything with it they're like yep that's what's gonna happen john's gonna kill her and it was just like i don't know i wish there was a little more chaos after that though yeah yeah what happens he kills her and that's it yeah (laughs) like like the unsullied get upstairs and are just like oh you killed danny uh uh all right let's let's change four or five battles for fought the undead (laughs) Like against all odds, yeah. We and now we've sailed cool. across cool. the world for her. Yeah, I yeah. would say that was a little out of character for uh, Danny's armies to just sit by and do nothing about that. Especially they just executed uh, people. For yeah, nothing, I was just gonna say, especially when like the war is over for King's Landing, they have they have rounded up like the last survivors of the Lannister army. And who have obviously given up and they're just, they're slitting their throats like and piling up the bodies <laughs> because, yep. because Danny yeah, said, then, kill everyone in the Lannister army. And John's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what's going on here? Shut up, John. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, I, I don't even know if it was Lannister is anybody who didn't, who was against Daenerys. And I feel like somebody who kills her may be against her. Yeah, and like I, what, I they, don't know. They Slow went down up there, there Dan. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I connecting too many dots? I think I, I think to, you're connecting to too many. Yeah, you're reaching. You're reaching now. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't get it. So like, it just seems silly to me that the the Unsullied, who like you said, have been with her for however countless battles and across different oceans marine when they got you know sabotaged and and got sneak attack and like half of them died and like they obviously adore her or you know whatever gray worm does and you think the rest of them do that that she dies and then they're just like well let's arrest this guy and wait three or four weeks to hear what what everybody has to say and then make a decision on they were literally executing people on the street yeah like slitting their throats but Jon Snow, they're like, you know what? 
let's hold off here. Let's see what everybody has to say about this. Yeah, uh, that didn't make any sense. Uh, especially right after she gave the speech, too, and pumped everybody up. She literally died, like, five minutes later. Yeah. Like, and all, all emotion is gone. Like, why wouldn't you sprinkle in, like, the interaction between John and the Unsullied getting arrested? But then, like, you got the Dothraki who are, you know, crazed and all hopped up on whatever they're hopped up on. Like, you're telling me that they're not going to be like, our Khaleesi is dead? Like, we're just going to slit this guy's throat. Like, just chop his head off. Be done with it. Why wouldn't yeah. they do that? Why wouldn't they sprinkle it in? Because the they're an idiot. Okay. Well, I, I don't also think they, believe that they were I'm sending so him up bad. to the night guard. Yeah. The night's watch. And Graham was like, okay, going to the night's watch. That doesn't really yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. Oh. We're just going to banish you. That's that's all, John. John, you can come back now. Grey Worm sailed away. Grey Worm, <laughs> Worm went to Mars. He's dead. Uh, you can come back. Also, I mean, not for nothing, but technically Jon Snow is the rightful heir to the throne. So, I mean, he's the fucking king anyway. So he can kill who the, whoever the fuck he wants. Did everyone know that yet, though? I mean, did Grey Worm know that? Did Yeah, the whole uh, world yeah. know Grey Worm, I don't think, would care. But like Sansa and Tyrion and all them know that. All he has to say is, "Hey, I'm," you know. Sam knew that enough of the houses. I felt like knew all the heads of those. Be like, wait, all the heads of those houses at the end that made the decision knew that John was supposed to be king. Yeah, but they were comp- so, compromising for a peaceful, yeah, end. I guess because they were outnumbered by the Unsullied, or you know, even if there was another fight between the Unsullied and and everyone else, um, you know. How many people would have died? I mean, there's like five people in Kings Le- in Westeros now. The population is diminished. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's not that many people. Yeah. Left. Well, we we don't know that they didn't show us Westeros at all this season, so I mean, we have no idea what's out there. That's true, and I guess I guess not everybody went into the king. So who who knows how many? But either way, it was. But I don't know. It felt like odd for the Unsullied not to. To just kind of be like, all right, cool, that's fair enough. They should have revolted, and then Drogon would have come back and protected John, killed all the unsullied. <laughs> yeah, and where the fuck did the Drogon go? He just took Danny's body and then just he went to Valeria. <laughs> She's gonna be a Is stone, that really where went? stone person. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually surprised. I know Roland had mentioned it. I, I thought the same thing that there would be some type of callback to the White Walkers or Night King or something like at the end of this episode, you know, it'd be like resetting the whole story, you know? Yes. Where everyone splits up and then you have John back in the North and like Danny turns into the night queen. Then it's a Danny versus John in the North, you know? Yeah, totally. Even if they ended it the same way, like if they really wanted to piss people off, John could have gotten to Castle Black like he did, and Tormund could have been like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. You're never going to believe what's happened. They're back. And they go north of the wall, and then it fades to black. Literally anything would have been better than what we got. I know. Yeah, I mean, literally anything would, would have been better. But yeah, I, I, I really thought like it was going to be something along those lines where they go back to the north, and that's why Tormund was kept alive. So that he's out there with his wildlings, and then he sees something, or something happened to somebody, and all you see is, like, the blue eyes. And then it goes yeah. back. And then it's like, oh, shit. 
maybe they're not. You know what I mean? Like some type of. Well, mean, meanwhile. But like it's just ending with this. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then and then the last scene really like you had this series for like eight seasons that you know millions of people are watching, and you literally the last shot is Jon Snow walking north with the wildlings. How the fuck is that the last shot of the season series? I didn't even get that. What does that even mean? I have no idea. He's he's part of the free folk. <laughs> he's leading the free folk. He is a king. That's the lasting memory you want to leave with the viewers of this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was never welcome because for six and a half, seven seasons, whatever it was, he was considered a bastard. So the whole point of the show is the true king that has been supposed to be the king for the whole show is not the king. Tre- treated like shit, killed, brought back to life for no reason, refused the throne several times. Spin-offs and, rolling, spin-offs. And then when he's essentially a prisoner or an outcast, he really becomes freed and the leader of his people. Yeah. Fantastic. There you go. Woo! That is some good, good storytelling. <laughs> I mean, but... But you you hit another point. Well, the whole uh, um, him dying and being brought back to life. Literally, I, I don't even understand what the point was. A lot of these plot and like, were just for like good TV. They weren't for any purpose. I know, I know. Which yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that's the problem. That's the problem. Well, well, that is the problem. Part part of like what well, you have. You, you talked about the Lord of Light for however long, and literally. It, what the fuck did he do? He he lit that thing up, you know. I, I don't even understand what the point of that was. Well, part part of uh, bringing Jon Snow back, I guess, was to help the story arc of Danny going mad when he refused to yeah. Uh, yeah. refused to uh, love her before she went crazy. Dan Dan didn't like you talking there, Rich. He started slamming his fork into his plate. Did you hear that? <laughs> I, I did hear it. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, yeah, I'm. A, I, I understand what Rich, what Richie's saying. I mean, you needed John to come back from the dead so that Danny would then get jealous, and yeah, I get it. Yeah, become the Mad Queen. I mean, but but even but even that was silly. How she became the Mad Queen? Yeah, I mean, oh, they could have yeah. found a million other ways to make her. They, they, I feel they, like they need, become unbelievable. They needed a few more episodes, you know, focused around that to. Uh, drive that point home i think i think there are <laughs> organic ways of doing a lot of the things that they did without making them so disruptive to like the storyline you know like if they went back when danny was you know that scene where uh after masande died and uh Varys was like oh she's not eating and then they showed danny like her hair all frazzled and like she hadn't been eating, so she was kind of like skinny looking and stressed, and you know her hair was all crazy. Like that's the first time you've seen Danny in a stressed out like uh, state where you could you could have they could have like left her that way, you know, and pl- and she could have been like, no, I'm fine. Like let's just you know get this war going or whatever, and. You know, they could have been like, wow, she doesn't look right. You know, she's not looking good and blah, blah, blah. Like, that could have helped, you know, the the way to get to the Mad Queen. Like, she's all disheveled and, you know, still looking like shit and everything like that. But they literally had that one scene and then 
you know, she was dressed up all proper, her hair done and everything like that. And she looks fine. And, you know, and then, you know, she, she wins her battle. She smiles and then, Oh, oh I, I remember I'm supposed to go mad here. Like, <laughs> yeah, they had opportunity. I mean, the whole- they had opportunities to, to progress that storyline. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. I- I, no, I, I I agree. I mean, it was just kind of, I don't know. The if whole you, thing just if you look back at her, although people like proclaim her as the savior, it her story has been pretty ruthless all along. Yeah. It's kind of been like the ends justifying the means. She'll do whatever it takes to free people and threaten whoever it takes Threaten death to everyone. Yeah, and ev- threaten to burn cities down. Every every place that she's you know conquered or whatever, or you know, she has gone there as the savior, gotten, uh, um, you know, denied, and went away, and then came back and destroyed it, like with the Dothraki. She came in as, as a you know the queen, married in. R- was denied, ruined it, got abandoned, came back and burnt all of them down. Same thing in Marine. Like Marine, she went in there, you know, like I was telling you in the chat, she went into Marine, killed all the people and, and you know, got denied and then got sabotaged. Yeah, but she wasn't killing like yeah, but she wasn't killing like innocent people. Yeah, this those those situations yeah. were nothing like King's Landing. Yeah. I mean I mean King's Landing, she basically torch everybody it would be like if she went into slavers bay and literally <coughs> burnt up everybody including the slaves yeah like she didn't do that but she but never like, you could she never easily... found a peaceful way to transfer power no I, I, and i agree with that but i feel like but a lot of that was also what, her what advisors she's... as well i think she might have killed some innocent people along the way if she didn't have her advisors to hold her back yeah, I mean, I feel like you could justify everything she was doing early on. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, let's, yeah. I mean, she still had advisors. She had Tyrion. She had Jon Snow. I mean, you know, I, I, who, who all told her not to do it? Uh, Davos. Uh, like, I don't know. I feel like you know those earlier seasons, you know, could be leading up to and and you, you know you, you implied it. Like, she had a very. Um, skewed sense of justice so you could have played with that i feel like more to get her to the mad queen and and that level instead of her just randomly what felt randomly snapping when the bells went off yeah and now she just like becomes the mad queen right then yeah like 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 you had you had seasons of her kind of just having the skewed justice of you know like you said ends justifying the means like you could have played with that a lot more to get her to the Mad Queen piece, but I felt like they were just like, shit, we don't have enough time. Just go crazy, crazy lady. Yeah, and she brought that up when in the last conversation with John, right before he's, you know, he stabbed her. I mean, she was just like, we'll go to Dorne, we'll go here, we'll, you know, we'll kill them. Basically, she was saying, we'll go kill them all and free yeah. and free the people. But meanwhile, she just killed like you know thousands of innocent people. You know, when she took King's Landing, so. But it's really like freedom masquerading as imperialism, or ma- imperialism masquerading as yeah, yeah. like a messiah complex. Yeah, yeah. But, and I wish they would have, and like, like, like started that, that earlier. A, yeah, yeah. Started earlier, like they, like you said, they talked. She talked about it 
with John just before she died. But like, I felt like that could have been something that you could have been weaving in episodes before. Like that is what she wants to do. She wants to liberate these people. And like, you know, she does have a, I mean, based on her background, she's going to have a very skewed way of how she views justice and fairness and getting people what they deserve. Yeah. And to just kind of do it in one foul swoop and then try to justify it after the fact when it felt like it came out of nowhere, I feel like it's just kind of lazy. And at that point, it's too late. Yeah, I would have loved to see some sort of um, backlash from Winterfell after King's Landing and maybe her attacking, you know, doing something because Santa refuses to bend the knee seen some sort of some sort of uh, event take place between those two after, yeah, I mean, after King's Landing. Yeah, I mean, at that point, Danny could have just been like, you know what? I just destroyed King's Landing. My army's here. I can fly up to Winterfell right now, burn Winterfell to the ground, and come back and, you know, be done with Sansa and, and that whole power struggle. Yeah. I mean, they could have done, I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of, if they, they probably didn't have time, but I felt like if they did, or if they just kind of did a couple more episodes, <coughs> you could have kind of gone into, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, people don't look at her as, as the liberator. And so, you know, the hesitant or, or, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but what I, one idea I would have is like, like, okay, she takes over King's Landing without killing all those people, but maybe they don't respect her as the queen. They don't listen to right. her. Maybe there's an attempt on her life that sends her over the edge, you know, that these people aren't respecting her. I know I felt like you could have built it. Obviously, they only had six episodes because of stupid, but (laughs) like there there was opportunities to kind of easily get her to that point. And I guess that's the thing. Like, I don't necessarily have an issue with even even the absurdity of Bran becoming king, which is absurd, but I don't have an issue necessarily with how things happen, but just how they got there, you know, or, or, or the things that happened, but just like how they got there, the process to me didn't make any sense. And that's kind of where I, the show kind of started to lose me. Yeah. My coworker showed me like a maze puzzle, like where you follow in between the lines and like, you have to get to the middle and like, they started following in the lines for like a quarter of the way. And then just drew a straight line to the middle, like where you're supposed to go, like skipping over all the barriers. And that's, that's like what the season feels like. Yeah, so they. I like that analogy. They spent a hundred million on a on a season and uh, didn't really feel like we got uh, you know the bang for the buck. Yeah, the um, goodest boy got a pet at the end. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, the, the that was the only good thing of that was that Ghost was there at the end and John and him. John actually pet him and and uh, they got reunited. Might be the only thing I liked of that episode. I don't know. <laughs> See, um, I I think this would have been, this could have been set up a lot. Like even with the constrained schedule, if they pushed more two episodes back and then made the last episode before the finale like a crazy episode, and Danny dies, and then there's just fallout to settle yeah. in the last episode. I think that would have played out a whole lot better than introducing Danny dying in the beginning and then like nothing happens like everyone's just like all right well how do we divvy up the chips at the end of the day yeah it's like what do you mean like you just struggled for 
seven seasons and God knows how long in real time over this. And then you're just like, all right, we're all going to be friends in the end after all this, like all these trials and tribulations that we've been through. Yeah. And let, let's yeah. all get together now and have a good time. <laughs> let's forget about all of the, like the red wedding and everything else that happens. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, t- I totally agree. And, um, you know, I think, and, and it's too bad too, because I think the first um, two episodes of the season was were pretty good. Second episode, especially, I thought was really solid with the character development and the work, the dialogue. And I, and, and that kind of gave me hope for this season that I was like, oh man, maybe they, they got it back after losing it slightly in season seven. They were just giving you like, a nut right. tickle there, Dan. Yeah, just I know. Even the one. Even the fight was good. I mean, you can argue yeah. at certain points of it, but overall, that yeah, was, it was a good, good. episode yeah. as well. Yeah, it was good. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I don't know, I don't know. It just it just fell apart, and it you know it's disappointing, and I, I do feel like it, it it hurt the the rest of the series because I just don't I just don't know um, how. I could go back and wa- rewatch this whole series. Dan, knowing Dan, that Dan, Dan needs like three years of no mention of Game of Thrones <laughs> for him to go back and watch watch the series. The series at yeah, all? You're probably right. I watched the first seven seasons uh, leading up to this finale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So let's take a break from uh, Game of Thrones talk. Uh, we have four beers for you tonight. Um, Roland and I are drinking uh, two beers from Half Acre Bre- uh, Beer Company. Uh, mine is called Daisy Cutter Pale Ale, and Roland's is Double Pale Ale Daisy Cutter. It's the Galactic Double Pale Ale Daisy yeah, Cutter. Yeah, that, sorry, I was going to Gal- say that sounded Galactic. like the exact same name twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Mine is, uh, I'll go first. Mine's a, a pale ale. It's, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a golden, uh, you know, ale. Uh, nothing real special. A little hoppy. Um, it, it is a, a, a good tasting beer. Um, and I do like it a lot. It has... Half Acre is from Chicago. Yep, and I was looking for. Uh, I can't see the um, alcohol by volume. Mine's to the left of the label. Like if you look at the label, and then a little bit, well, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, Five point two alcohol uh, by volume. Um, it's good beer. I would actually drink this a lot. Um, it comes in a four pack can of uh, tall boys, uh, you know, medium tall boys, you know, one pint cans. Um, I actually uh, am enjoying it. And uh, this is like uh, a beer that you could have in, in bulk, I think. Not like, you know, pounding them down, but you could you could drink, a, you know, four of these pretty easily. And um comes in a, a silver can <clears throat> and uh, the front has... Uh, you know, just daisies all over it. And it says Daisy Cutter Pale Ale. Um, you know, good looking can. Um, nothing special, nothing uh, out of the ordinary, really. 
uh, for a pale ale, but uh, a very good, uh, you know, put together beer. Roland, tell us about your uh, double pale ale, uh, galactic uh, double pale ale. Um, so this is a double IPA, or a, I guess it's a, just a double pale ale, not a double IPA. So it's a double. Yeah, I was a little confused by that too. Double pale ale, and then it, they add uh, galactic hops or galaxy hops. I think is the like technical. So what what's a double pale ale? Uh, I think they just use two kinds of hops. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So I think one of them is galaxy, which I was looking it up. I've never heard of it before. Um, it's Australian brewed or Australian grown and farmed hops. Um, and there's like a cult following for it. They only put this beer out once a year, uh, Half Acre does. So when I saw it, I was like, hmm, better pick some up. I saw some of my uh, friends posting about it on Instagram. So picked, nice. picked up a four pack. Uh, it's a good taste. It's like an ambery color, like a light amber uh, or like a dark straw, something like that. It's pretty yeah. good. It has a lot of uh, fruity flavors to it. So like a lot of citrus and stuff like that. Uh, apparently that's indicative of the galaxy hops. Um, I didn't know before I tasted it, but it's, it's pretty good. It's not too uh, crazy. It's 8% ABV. So you can drink a couple of these. No, no problem. Um, and it has good flavors. It's not terribly overpowering or like super heavy. So, I mean, it, it's almost summertime. I'll probably be enjoying a couple of these out on the porch. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually uh, pretty impressed with the with the taste on this uh, pale ale too. So um, yeah, highly recommend uh, Half Acre Beer Company. Uh, you got two winners there. Um, Dan, you're drinking uh, Harpoon, uh, the IPA from Harpoon. Yep. Uh, what do you got for us? Uh. <clears throat> So it's uh, it's pretty good. Do you guys have harpoon by you? I do. I I can get it. I just uh, I haven't had their IPA though. Um, yeah, the IPA. So I'm not a big IPA fan. Uh, but this IPA is pretty good. It's pretty smooth. Um, uh, uh, it's uh, I think it's it's probably. Uh, I haven't had too many of Harpoon's beers, but I do believe like this is by far the most popular. Is their IPA? Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't really like most IPAs, but this is actually, uh, not bad. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty smooth. It has, uh, uh, it's not uh, overpowering on taste. It's, no, yeah. it's not overpowering. I mean, you could tell the taste a little bitterness, but it's not, um, it's not that, uh, it's not that bad. And it has like a kind of a malty taste to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh. I like it. It's pretty good. It's uh, 5.9%, I believe. Yeah, 5.9%. Oh, that's pretty low. Yeah, so it's pretty low. Uh, it's it's probably the, one of the smoother IPAs that I that you could find, I would think. Like I said, I'm not a big IPA fan because of the you know the bitterness. And, I don't know. I just don't like right. the taste of IPAs. Uh, but this one doesn't really have the strong taste that I feel like other IPAs do. It's, it's pretty smooth. Roland, for IPA standards, that's pretty low uh, alcohol by volume, right? Yeah, you call that like a session IPA usually. <clears throat> like whenever you yeah. see session in front of something, it's for like drinking a lot of them. Yeah. So like under 6%, I think is normal for like session IPAs. Mm. Okay. 
So there you go. So Dan's drinking a bitch IPA. Yeah. I didn't want to say it. But <laughs> That's probably gotcha. why I like it. That's probably why I like it. <laughs> All right, but you would get it again and drink it, and uh, yeah, yeah, you're drinking I mean, it. I mean, this is out of a can or a bottle. It's a bottle, bottle. Uh, yeah, a blue labeling. I mean, it's a pretty nice bottle, I guess. Pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's pretty popular around here. Uh, so it's it's I think it's a New England IPA. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're based out of Vermont or Boston, around here anywhere. Yeah, um, I, I I've seen them around in New York. So yeah, so, so I, I think it's a Northeast beer primarily. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, at least that's where the headquarters are. Uh, so like around here anyway, I see them a lot at a different. You know, you go to like a house party or something like that. A lot of people have Harpoon as a as a pretty stapled uh, uh, IPA because it's just it's an easy IPA to drink and most people can have. Right. Dan's still going to house parties. All right. Um, that's right. That's right. R- Richie, you are uh, drinking Big Muddy Brewing. Uh, it's a s'more stout. Uh, when you told me it was a s'more stout, I was uh, intrigued because I know you like the chocolate stouts. I like s'mores. Um, who doesn't? And uh, I was interested to see uh, what what this is all about. So tell us about it, please. Well, I think uh, I think you might dig this one. It's... Uh... I wouldn't call it a stout. It doesn't drink like a stout. It's very, very thin for a stout, uh-huh. which is uh, unusual. You know, it's closer to a porter than a stout. Yeah. Um, but uh, the smell and the taste are pretty, pretty damn good, and it's uh, pretty easy to drink. So I, I could see you down in a uh, a twelve pack of this and uh, act whoa, cold. whoa, whoa, <laughs> wow. How much alcohol by volume? For yeah, it's pretty low. It's five point five. Oh, that is uh, pretty low for a stout or even a porter, I guess. You know, that's. But I mean, you know, it's hmm. a decent beer. You know, I mean, uh... is it? Is it? Uh, see, like with me, stouts have like a like a non carbonation <laughs> uh silky drinkability to them. <laughs> you can say it, Roland. I won't say it. Well you already said it once on the pod, yeah. so it's okay. Tommy wants to say mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the kind of smoothness that um you know I uh, you know, correlate to stouts and, and porters, like they have a more silky um, feel to them. Um, is that in, like this one? Like no carbonation, really? I mean, a little bit of carbonation. I feel like maybe. this is more than your average carbonation on this one. Really? Hmm. Really? Yeah. I... I, I do agree with Tommy. A lot of them are pretty, uh, you know, don't have a lot right of it, like yeah like that that's you know kind of uh, so it's like a char- so it's a s'mores flavored carbonated beverage i'm not gonna say it's carbonated but uh you feel the bubbles when, when you poured it you could hear the bubbles oh can you taste the bubbles mm, not right. no no can you can you feel the bubbles i would say not in your mouth <laughs> 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 Not in your mouth. You can't feel it. All right. In your mouth. So that's yep. uh 
that's the four beers that we have for you tonight. Um, I, it, uh, Richie, what kind of uh, are you drinking out of a can on that one? No, I'm drinking out of glass, and you know you can you can taste a lot of, no, a lot I of mean, flavors in this. It, did it come in a can or it came in a yeah, bottle? Yeah, came in a bottle. Okay. I, I enjoy the bottle actually. It's got um, it's got what looks like Harry the Henderson on it. It's, uh, you know, lighting a um, marshmallow over the fire. Oh, I like that. All right, send me a picture of that. Dan, you send me a picture as well. Roland, I got yours. I'm going to put the pictures of the beers that we just reviewed on the Twitter page at Last Man's Opinion. You can uh, like and listen to the pod and uh, view the pictures all at the same time so that you know what we're talking about and you can find those beers a little easier in your uh, grocery store or your beer distributor or uh, wherever you get your beers. You can't buy uh, beers in grocery stores in Massachusetts, honey. Uh, no. I can buy them here <laughs> in crazy? New York in a grocery store. And I know that. That's why I said beer distributors or wherever you get your beers. I know. But isn't that weird, though? Yeah, I, I uh, that's a out of New York thing. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 not convenient, but I, I mean, I guess that's convenient. like, I, I guess it's okay because you can, uh, you know, go to liquor stores or, or beer distributors, and it's good for having more selection at those places. Yeah, but still, the convenience factor. Yeah, because then, like, you can go grocery shopping and pick up your beer at the same time. It's just nice. Well, you can't even get them at you can't even get them at most gas stations here. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That's so limiting. Wow, wow, wow! All right, so um, what do you guys think? Um. Do you, so you know, well, I here. Here's my question to you, because I'm done with Game of Thrones. Because Dan's done with God. it, and Thank and, God. and I, I I don't want to beat a dead horse here. <laughs> but he has one more question. <laughs> Since we are a uh, sports first uh, or sports slash beer uh, podcast first, we have to mention something about sports. I watched uh, some highlights from. I think it was last night's uh, Bucks Raptors game, which was game three. Am I yes. right with saying that? Yes. Game, game three, three. went yeah. went to double overtime. Yep. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Greek freak, uh, you know, fouled out. Yeah. And Giannis fouled out. Did he? Yeah. In the second overtime, and oh, yeah, yeah, right. you know, I was watching some of the plays at the end of the game. Giannis's that where he got like you know, where he got called for his, you know, last foul. It kind of was like a questionable call, um, I thought. It was like he stepped, you know, he was watching, he was guarding his guy. He stepped basically, you know, closed off the lane, and the guy ran him over. I I would have called that by rule a charge. Um, the way you described it sounds like a blocking foul. Yeah, I mean, it, I know I'm not. I know I'm not describing it perfectly. Okay. So, what's your question? The the rule for a charge, uh, or a block, uh, or blocking, whatever, um, it's not. It, the defender doesn't have to be stationary. That's correct. The uh, 
uh, uh, person, you know, on offense, basically, you know, I, I mean, he basically just ran over Giannis. And it wasn't like uh, there was an established lane open that Giannis last second closed. He kind of felt like from replays, you know, it looked more like it was a uh, offensive charge to me. Then at the other end, I guess uh, maybe two minutes later or a minute later or whatever it was, uh, Brooke Lopez was down the post there, down by two. I think he went up for a shot. The ball got tipped. And then the guy basically like landed on Lopez and, and like pushed him down kind of thing. Um, there was a no call there. It led to, you know, Kawhi going down court and, and scoring. Is there a question here? (laughs) So, uh, from, uh, I didn't, I didn't watch wow. the whole, I didn't watch the whole game <laughs> oh but God. it it seemed more on the uh there was a lot of calls going Toronto's way now was that just double uh, overtime did yeah, anyone watch so. that I mean, Kyle Kyle Lowry fouled out before the first <clears throat> overtime yeah so i i just think i don't know um i think foul i mean the one issue the NBA has, and I actually really like the NBA. I think it's probably my second favorite sport at this point. Uh, but the one issue it does have is, to me, with because the, the Giants are losing. <laughs> to me, is is with the foul is with foul trouble, and like, you know, you, you go to the game to see the best players play. Like, why would you want to see Giannis fell out of a game, or Kyle Lowry, or Kawhi Leonard, or Steph Curry, or any of these guys? Like, to me, it just kind of lessens. The victory, but lessens the sport and the game and the competition. Have like these guys foul out, and I get you only allow a limited number of fouls. And I think they've debated in the past, and they've never done it, and they probably will never do it. That like if you get six fouls, and then after that, every foul you commit is a technical. You know, like some type of I don't know. Eh, I don't think you can do that. But in, I don't, instead, I don't you, like instead that. you lose your best player for a questionable call. It just seems silly. Yeah, but. I mean, say you get unlimited fouls, like in the NFL, like you, you get a flag, whatever. It's unlimited fouls, you know, unlimited penalties. You know, it's... Yeah, you get it. You, you get one foul shot, and then that's it. Yeah, but I don't... I don't, that, I don't, I don't think, think that works. I don't think that works in basketball. Like, I mean, then everyone, everyone would just foul and stop the play, and then you'd be complaining that there's too much, you know, it takes but too long for anyway. a game, for game. Yeah, but... You're talking about, oh, the guy fouls out. So if there's unlimited fouls, then the guy is unlimited f- fouls. It's still six fouls. And then they get a technical? So then – Yeah, and then don't, so let's, don't say, you let's get, say Giannis don't, has five don't fouls, you, then he commits a get, six foul. Don't you get, after a certain amount of technicals, like a one-game suspension or something like that? Uh, you do. Uh, yeah, you do. So, so then do that. I mean, so you're still penalizing. Yeah, I, I don't like but it. But I just feel, I just feel like – yeah, I, I don't like, like that. I, why not? But you rather have Yacht, Yacht, Kyle Lowry fouled out before the, before the first overtime. Yeah, how, how, probably two, how, if not three, questionable calls in a game. I mean, what? Not that often. Not what? What's not that often? That we're losing these superstars from a game where really like yeah. No, but even if it's but even if it's one time in a playoff series. No, that's fine. That's not, that's to me. That's more than enough. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I think it's worth it too because I mean, also, if you if you change that rule to adding a technical after the sixth foul, you don't lose in the first half. You know, like uh, Joel and B committing two fouls in the first six minutes of the game, and then you got to sit them the rest of the first quarter. You're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna sit them at that point and lose that strategy um, for the game if you're just gonna give them a technical later on. I mean, it's it, it changes the whole dynamic of the game from start to finish. Yeah, that'd be yeah, but I think too much better, with coaching that, strategy. No, what strategy? I don't think so at all. How is that? Wait, how is that missing with you, coaching you strategies? Yeah, because if, Joel Embiid yeah, so, should be playing. Like, there's no he, reason why Joel Embiid yeah, should take but like, you two have to, fouls. No, you, but you're not listening, Tommy. You're not listening. <laughs> no, I am. I am. You're saying like, you're, you're not hearing Rich me, Tommy. Saying, you're not hearing. Rich is saying that if you get two cheap fouls, whatever, then you got to sit the guy, and then you have to go to your bench. And on top of that, your the offense or other team is being rewarded for you know a, a cheap foul is still a foul, so you got to sit your yeah, superstar. but it completely. But don't pretend that like it doesn't change the complexion of the game. If Giannis yeah, picks up two fouls, that in the player first needs three to minutes... become better and not and not commit those fouls. Oh come on! I mean, if Giannis commits, if Giannis, uh, if Giannis commits two cheap fouls. And by cheap, Start questionable over. fouls, whatever you want to call them, in the first three minutes of the ne- uh, of game four against Toronto, he's going to have to sit for the rest of the first quarter. What is the point of that? It makes no sense. And you could say, oh, well, he doesn't have to, he should learn not to foul. I guarantee Giannis probably f- fouled out less than five games a season. And he fouled out in game three of a playoff series. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, That's so. when he's going to foul out? It's absurd. So, so to me, to me, you know, in, in your scenario, five times out of, uh, you know, ninety some games. If you're including, yeah, and, and he wants to change the rule. That's not enough to worthy of changing a rule. Why not? If I, it, it I would even. I would even. So, say, so, I would even say that Giannis has fouled out less than less than five times. I would say it's. I have no idea. I would pr- probably like two two times. LeBron James, the last time he's fouled out was in a playoff game. He's fouled out, I think, one time in two years, and it was in a playoff game. I mean. It's just silly when your best player is fouling out of games because of. But is that bad? Balls. Is that yeah? So it's bad officiating. Yeah, yeah, but so it's I bad mean, the officiating. NBA, I don't understand your point. You're just going to keep repeating this. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, come on. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> are you, you going to bring something new to the table here, or are you just going to keep saying no? He, correct. Dan, Dan, Dan wants to change the whole game of basketball. For bad it's, it's, it's on literally one changing game. one rule. They change they change rules all the time. They lift they have the shot clock to fourteen seconds now after an offensive rebound. Which is you're great, not bitching about that. Rule change, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is a good rule change. Don't so change any with, of the freaking fouls. What do you want? Se- seven seven fouls? No, get seven the hell fouls out of here. Yeah, like uh, shut up, Dan. Yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about. Dan. You don't even watch you the sport. You didn't even you watch don't. the game. You you, you saw don't. highlights of it oh. last night. You know what? Because of this Meanwhile, one game, Rich. let's change the foul rule. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. But it's I don't need game, to watch happens, the game to know that all, you're changing the freaking the game of basketball. It happens all the time in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know what happens? They take the player out for a while so they don't get any more fouls. Yeah, and then that tarnishes the game when your best player needs to sit. Yeah, if you don't have a deep because, that's the game of basketball. You have a more that's the game of basketball. Team. That's that's the whole point of penalizing players for committing a foul. 
you know, is you're hurting their team. That's the whole purpose of these rules, Dan. Yeah, but I think it's a silly. That, yeah, I guess that's well, we should point. have it's more a Silly rule. No, we should have fouls. It, it's a it's a silly rule that that you know. You know, we can actually don't, fix don't this tell... right here with one rule: no blood, no foul. Okay. Oh. No blood, <laughs> no, no foul. It worked. It worked. But anyway, it, it's silly. It's silly that uh, that NBA players the best. You don't see it in any other sport. What have you seen? Random ejections from baseball before, where they just take a star pitcher and eject them from the game. You've never seen that before. He's never seen it. Oh, but that's completely yeah. different than. What? I mean, there are ejections in the NBA. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, are you seriously comparing so- every? Hold on, no. Every sport has ejections. Every sport has ejections. So wait, if you do something that warrants an ejection, that's completely different than losing a fifty-fifty call on an offensive versus defensive penalty, a foul, I'm or, or a charge, I'm or a block. Up, I'm gonna spin up the situation that never happens ever in the game. There's a really there's a home run that comes or something like that, and someone throws a brush back pitch, and they get ejected in the second or third inning. Starting pitcher could be a key starting pitcher like a Justin Verlander or something like that. It's a negligible call at best, and they get ejected from the game. You can't contest it or anything like that. You don't get anything back, and you have more than two thirds of the game remaining with that player star player ejected. Where now you have to accommodate a whole bunch of innings that a starter was supposed to eat up. So you're saying that situation that never happens probably is not comparable to this situation? No, it's not comparable. And <laughs> oh my I god! Saying, I'm, All right, I'm saying it's not comparable. Anyway, I do want to make one <laughs> other point, Rich. I was talking to somebody else uh, because I mean, you know, you you guys are wrong on this on this point, but that's fine. I'm used to uh, I'm used to <laughs> used to dealing with that. Uh, but, uh, Rich, I want to make one other point to you. I was actually talking to somebody. Uh, uh, we were watching the, the Bucks team. And, you know, the Bucks obviously uh, look really good. I know they lost last night. Uh, but I, I thought, even heading into the season, that that team was pretty stacked. Um, and they have, uh, they have two free agents at the end of the year. They have uh, Brogdon, who actually has been playing really well, and Chris Middleton. And I was talking to somebody. And I was like, oh, I wonder what the Bucks are going to do with Middleton. Like, do you let him walk? or Because he's going to want to match contract. He's gone. He's gone. So, but I think they have room for a max. Yeah, but that ownership so, doesn't want to pay it. Mostly. Well, what if it's, what if it's, uh, because, so, the, so there's only a handful of max players available. What if it's Kawhi? What if they're like, you know what? We don't want you, Middleton. But they go hard after Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi has limited options, doesn't he? I mean, if he's not, I mean, if he's not staying in Toronto, which he might, I mean, he very well might stay in Toronto. I mean, I get it, it's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Raptors, and I think the Bucks. I think have the space to put a max in the Nets and, and the Knicks. Knicks. But yeah, but I don't think he's going to either of those teams. To be honest with you, I'd be shocked if he goes there. I mean, the Bucks. Can you imagine the Bucks with Kawhi? Oh, that they'd be amazing. They'd be amazing. I don't know. I, I have no idea if it's going to happen. I, I haven't heard necessarily uh, any rumors or anything like that. But we were just kind of shooting the shit. Wait, and... you you have no substantive evidence of this happening, but you're like, this may well, this may I, happen. I just, I, well, so it was just, you know, it's like okay, 
if you're the Bucks, do you resign Middleton for the max? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Middleton's a max worthy player, but they might have to do it. Or do you let him go? And then we were talking about like, well, are there any other free agents? And we're like, well, you know, Kawhi's a free agent. Like, if he doesn't stay in Toronto, there's probably, mm. you know, it's not like Milwaukee obviously isn't as nice of a city as L.A., but with Kawhi and Giannis, you're going to have a team that's going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals for the next five years, guaranteed. If not the NBA Finals. I don't know. It was just something, uh, and I thought it was kind of an interesting, and I, I honestly I haven't heard it anywhere else, so I have no idea. Uh, but if he opts out of Toronto, if he doesn't want to resign there, uh um, you know, there are only a handful of teams that he could go to. I think that would kind of be a pretty interesting, uh, interesting option. And I am starting the rumor right here, Roland, on this podcast. You don't want him Kawhi to go that's to a hot, that's, Kawhi to Milwaukee. That's a hot take by Dan Mara. That's a hot take by Dan You don't Mara. want him to go to the rebuilding Knicks? So, Dan, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I would love to. Like, are you sure they can even – You don't – Like, are you sure – I thought so because I – That they could afford him? Yeah, I don't know if they can afford him because they'll have the cap hold for Middleton during the free agency period. Even if he's an unrestricted free agent? Yeah, because the Sixers are in a similar situation where they can't sign a max guy unless he's already on their team with the bird rights. I mean, but the NBA contract situation is pretty interesting. I mean, compared to all others, it, it, it's it's very confusing. Well, so I thought the Sixers were in that situation because they traded for Butler midseason, and then they have Embiid. I forget because you're allowed only certain amount of. You know how it works. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't um, know all the details. It, it you gotta, yeah, you gotta take a class in it. I know. No, me neither. But but I thought like Giannis. Uh, was their only max player. And I thought everybody else was on rookie deals or, you know, pretty cheaply paid. So that's why I was kind of curious to see. I, I, now I have no idea. Maybe maybe the money doesn't work out, but I thought it would because I didn't think they had any big contracts on their roster. Yeah, but I, 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 think, I think the cap hold situation fucks them over. Mm, maybe. Go to the next. Interesting. Yeah, go to the it's gonna be a, gonna be an interesting. The, uh, there goes Rich. <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting. At least he made his. Point. It's it's like the same time every time. It really... uh, it's gonna be an interesting uh, NBA offseason with these uh, max contracts uh, and the Knicks and then the other teams. Yeah, and the like Lakers the Knicks might get Kyrie though, so that's good. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'd I like know, to... I won't be sold until they until they actually sign him too, but yeah. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting us. Check out all of our episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and Radio Public. You can also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or email us any requests, beer reviews, suggestions at lastmansopinion at gmail.com. For Rich Cagle, Roland Barrielli, Dan Mara, and myself, Tommy McGrail, thank you for listening. Remember to like and subscribe. It helps us out. Um, I don't know how it helps us out, but it helps us out uh, to Last Man's Opinion on wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. It's so weird that Rich gets kicked off at the same time.
each time. Yeah. I wonder if he needs to reinstall the app or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I imagine it's not yeah, saving stuff on your phone or something that you could run out of space or anything like that. Nah. Nah. <sighs> I'm actually happy Game of Thrones is over. I'm tired of talking about it. Me too. And Sunday nights, uh, I mean, I know this season was only six episodes, but I mean, by the time I get to bed, it's kind of been messing up my week. <laughs> See, it's nice because it's on, uh, on at 8 o'clock for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I that can't imagine, nice. like, West Coast, it's on, what, at seven? 6 o'clock? 6? Six? 6 o'clock, wow. Yeah, that's so not worse they, than uh... football, though, that's on at, like, 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, but that's so, I, I don't know, I, I, like, West Coast TV just seems so weird to me, I guess, because I'm always on the East Coast. Like, you know, like, the late night show, how it's on at 11 o'clock here. Uh-huh. So like, is it uh, is it still on? It's on at like uh, you know during so, dinner time. Is it really? I thought I would have yeah. just assume they would have. No, what, you know, the only reason why I remember that is because when we were in Hawaii, I think the one time we turned on the TV, like when we got like we you know we left the beach or something like that, and you know we're getting ready to go out, and the. Uh, like Jimmy Fallon or or somebody was on at like six o'clock or five o'clock or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I had no idea like what the hell was going on. Yeah. I would uh, would have just assumed that we keep it on at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's why it's like nine, eight central. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, 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 I knew for East and Central, it was always on at the same time. The only reason why I, I, I was surprised, I'm surprised is because, like, when you watch, like, football, they would say, you know, following the Jets game uh, will be 60 minutes everywhere except the West Coast. Yeah. So I, I just assumed that meant, you know, all, like, these major programs that can be on tape delay would right. be on, like, a regular hour on the West Coast. Yeah. And, you know, and um... I forgot what I was going to say. Well, you know, they've actually talked about in Massachusetts uh, moving time zones to the Atlantic time zone. Mm. Have you heard this? Really? Yeah, because uh, I guess Massachusetts, because the way, how Massachusetts, I guess, sticks fairly sticks far out. out. Yeah. And so, like, we lose comparatively to, like, holy shit, Steph Curry is incredible. Uh, we lose, like, a half hour or an hour of sleep in certain places. Uh, And so like, you know, our sunset, you know, at its peak will be like eight o'clock or seven 30, something like that. So we're like a half hour behind New York. Like we have a half hour less of like peak daylight time and and whatnot. So then moving another time zone would make it, you know, it would be super dark in the winter for like uh, those couple of months. But but like during those couple months, it literally it gets dark here at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It's like yeah. pitch black. Oh, well, that's kind of how it how it's been in New York too. I feel like. Yeah, I think but it's a little later. So like if little, you push yeah, back, like five o'clock. Yeah, so if you push back, then it would be five o'clock. So because it gets like very depressing when you like leave work at like five o'clock yeah. and it's been pitch black for like an hour. Yeah. So like you go into work, it's dark. You come out, it's yeah. Dark. You yeah, literally like, never I see the sun. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what they've been uh, 
it's been actually debated in I think a couple states, New Hampshire and Vermont or Maine have both voted saying that they would move to Atlantic time zone if Massachusetts does it. Vermont and Maine. Um, well, Maine I could say. Well, because Vermont, they do they line up? They don't, but they would need to do it because then all the TV Business. and all the news programs, oh, yeah, yeah, everything would be shifted, so they would have to do whatever Massachusetts does. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. So, we'll see what happens. But. Huh. Keep your anyway. eye on that. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, we know it's right. coming. No, no, I'm, I'm keeping it going. I'm, <laughs> I'm too wired right now. <laughs>